Mornings on SEN. Busy time for those out on the beat with all AFL clubs now back and training. Josh Gabalich is one of the best in the business at afl.com.au and he joins us this morning. Gabbo, good morning. I believe you've been out at the Bulldogs. Good morning, Jules. Yes, out here at Skinner Reserve because the Whitnoval oh, have you seen like it? The at the moment. It's unbelievable. I have, I have. It's not too far from your neck of the woods and it, uh, it doesn't look anything like a football ground, but I hope it will be by round one, by April, I reckon. I don't think they'll be back there before the start of the season, but they're out of Braybrook and everyone's back on deck. Is Sam Darcy out there? Sam Darcy isn't currently out there at the moment. He's going through a little bit of a, a modified program. He's got a slight little niggle with his knee, but nothing to be too concerned by. But Wednesday, a bit of a different day. Obviously, Monday and when, uh, Monday and Friday during the preseason are the main training sessions for most clubs. Wednesday's a bit of individual needs. So most most of the senior players are out there. Rory Lobb out there, Liam Jones out there, some of the new faces. They've got some tall timber to work with, uh, and it's a nice problem for Luke Beveridge to have, and it hasn't always been a, a, a luxury that he's afforded to have. How, how do you see it all structuring up for the Bulldogs if all those talls are fit when you throw in, you know, Jones coming in, Darcy developing, Lobb, Eugle Hagen, Norton, you've got a, you know, a couple of Ruckman as well. How do you see it all working out for the dogs next year. Josh Bruce in the mix as well. Well, it's going to be a really good problem to have when you think about it because they haven't always had that luxury. I think if you think about their forward line this year, Jamara Yugo Hagen got going in the second half of the year. He's had a great start to the preseason. They're wrapped with the condition he's come back in. So that's a really big, big plus and they expect him to play most games next year. So you'd, you'd imagine that Norton and Lobb would play in attack with Jamara Yugo Hagen. And then there is Josh Bruce, who came back from that ACL this year and, and didn't quite get going. Pretty tough time to come back from an ACL late in the season. And I don't think the expectation was that he'd come back and set the world on fire. But if you if you know Josh Bruce, I'd back him in to, to really make it make a good case for that spot. And then there's Sam Darcy, who, who showed so much in that last month of the season, played in the final against Fremantle, of course, and has shown so much down back. Whether he stays there long-term, we don't know. But of course, they got Liam Jones, as an unrestricted free agent, he'll come in and support uh, Alex Keith, who's also made a really, really mm. impressive start to the preseason. They're wrapped with, with his shape before he heads over to England to get married over the Christmas break. Uh, so there's Ryan Gardner as well, who, who had a great year. There's, there's actually now a lot of depth, which they haven't had in the key position stock for a long time. Huge year for everyone at the Bulldogs. No doubt they underachieved this year, making a grand final and then losing in the first week of the finals. Jason Johannesson's a really interesting one to me. The interest from the Gold Coast Suns, it hasn't really worked as a as a sort of pressure forward for him. Do, are we expecting a role change for Jason Johannesson? You know, Lockie Hunter's gone. Could he could he go on a wing? What do we expect from him next year? Well, Jules, I agree. I think that's the, the spot for him. Does he go back to a wing now that Lockie Hunter's gone? Josh Dunkley also creates a need for Bailey Smith to play more inside. That's why they went and got Oscar Baker on Monday via the SSP. And I think Jason Johannesson's got a lot to give still at AFL level. That's why he recommitted to the Western Bulldogs. But I'd see him on a wing. He spent some time at halfback as well. He's moved all over the shop. But on a wing, I think he'd be really effective. They've used Tony Scott there as well. Jack McRae, of course. But yeah, I, I, I like Jason Johannesson on a wing. So that's going to be one once the, the match him starts in the new year and the practice matches start in Feb to keep an eye on. It's only early in the story. It's only really just come out the fact that it doesn't look like the Dogs are going to have Good Friday this year against North Melbourne. Not really the Dogs' fault. They've performed really well in the game and North have really struggled. you got a sense how the Dogs will feel about that? 
I don't have a real read on that. They're obviously really committed to, to Ballarat. That's a huge focus of theirs, given their partnership with the city of Ballarat. I'm not convinced yet, Jules, on Good Friday. I really love the Easter weekend, but Good Friday, just as a fixture, hasn't worked yet. I, I covered the game last year, and it was quite soulless mm. inside Docklands. I like it as a, as a concept, but they just haven't got that game right just yet. So I can't imagine the Dogs are thrilled about losing a marquee game because the fact is they're one of the smaller clubs in Victoria. They need those slots, and they're coming off a, a, a really disappointing season in the end. I know they did play finals, but coming off a grand final, they would have expected to go deep again. So to lose a marquee slot isn't ideal, but I wonder how it all evens out when the fixture is fully dropped. Bad day for the Saints yesterday. We're talking to Josh Gablich from afl.com.au. You follow them really closely. You're covering them all the time. You read a really good piece on afl.com.au about what they do now. They're going to lose Max King. Look, hopefully it's not for a big part of the season next year if everything goes well. And I guess unlike the Suns last year, and you point this out in your article, that they had Chole and they went and found Casbolt. They, they, a, they don't have that option on their list at the moment, the Saints, and it doesn't look like there's those sort of players out there in the SSP period as well. Well, Joe, it was such a disappointing start to the preseason. It really started on Monday when you think about the senior group. They came back to RSCA Park and Max King had been there for a fortnight and had been there across the off-season. He was, he was a player that was spotted almost more than any other player across the off-season. Obviously, a huge amount of change going on in that footy department. So there's never a good time to suffer a long-term injury. But the only positive is, and speaking to a lot of St Kilda people yesterday, the only positive is it is the start of December. Unlike Ben, who a different injury, of course, but mm. to do that in February, it left them with not too many options and it completely ruled him out for next year. So as we sit here right now, and obviously things can change with a long-term injury, but they hope that they'll get him back by the magic round in and around there. So mid to late April, it will mean he'll only miss a month. But I mean, I don't think anyone can really mount an argument that he's not the most important player mm. at St Kilda, given the position he plays and the lack of of depth they've got in that role. I mean, it's going to be a really fascinating talking point across the summer, what they do in that first month, because I just don't think Jack Hayes will be back at that point. He's coming off an ACL. They hope he gets back to full training come late January, early Feb, but we can't forget he's only played five games of AFL footy, so to come in in that first month and make a real impact might be a stretch. Do they use Rowan Marshall as a key target in attack? They want to use him in the ruck as the number one ruckman. It's it's part of the reason Paddy, reti- Paddy Ryder retired. And, and Marshall had such a great finish to the year as the number one ruckman when Ryder was out of the side. But they may need to use him in attack and use Tom Campbell as a ruckman in that first month. There's Dougal Howe, there's Zane Cordy. They've both played in attack at different times. They've clearly played a lot more footy in defence. So they're going to have to really spin the magnets across the summer. The blessing is that they've got four months now to, to really work it out. But at the end of the day, it's definitely not ideal, but it's not the end of the world because it's only going to be four or five games that Max King misses next year. So therefore, does it, they're obviously looking at a few players in, in this, this period. They've got players like Liam Stocker and Josh here training with them. Does, do they have to change their strategy now with who they might add as an SSP? Or, given it might only be a month of footy, you just rejig for a month as best as you can and you, you retain your same plans in terms of players you were looking at that may be summer, signing in the summer? It's definitely been a consideration for James Gallagher and their list management team because that's what happens when you have a pre-season injury. You, you go to market and, and see what's out there. And the reality is, Jules, is there's not many ready-made key forwards floating around that aren't on AFL lists right now. And the Ben King 
Levi Casbold example, they they were fortunate in the sense that they went and got him in, in the rookie draft. That's Levi Casbold. He was 31 at the time and played 170 games of, of AFL footy. No one could have seen him coming in and playing 20 games and kicking 35 goals like he did this year. He was amazing in, in terms of what he did as a rookie. They, they just aren't out there. They, they'll definitely continue to look, but they've got Liam Stocker. They've got Josh Air. Josh Air has played as a key forward in the past. He's played as a key defender at Essendon in the VFL. So he might be favoured maybe at this point to get that spot. But there are two spots available. Ben King obviously won't go on the inactive list because he's only going to miss a short period of the season. But they've currently got two rookie spots. And it's going to be interesting because this time last year, they just invited Jack Hayes to come and train. And, and who could have seen him coming in and having the impact he did straight away? I mean, the three goals kicked in round one was incredible. He was a great story in the early stages of the season. I don't know if there's another Jack Hayes going around that, that's out there, but but who knows? Stranger things have happened. They've got plenty of time between now and the SSP deadline on Feb 15. Quick one before I let you go, Josh, and you're perfectly placed to answer this because your hair is beautiful. It's a work of art. It's luscious, and you're never going to go bald. But we always see players come back with some strange hairstyles in the summer. There's some photos going around. Clayton Oliver's is interesting. Any that you've noticed that have stood out in uh, doing the rounds in recent weeks? Uh, the Rory Lobb, I mean, I haven't seen the Rory Lobb peroxide blonde up close. Uh, I've just seen it in the last hour and a half, and it's it's still quite strong and a bit of rock star about it, which I quite like when you, when you make a high-profile move. The other one at Collingwood is a favourite of mine, Josh Carmichael, obviously the mm-hmm. mid-season recruit. He turned up on day one with a peroxide blonde hair, and wearing Jordan Degoe's number two. And he came third in the time trial. So I quite Ooh, like bold. A lot of Collingwood fans are out there for day one of the preseason. And they really enjoyed Josh Carmichael and that look. They're the two that spring to mind straight away, Jules. But it hasn't been a, a really hot start to the preseason in terms <laughs> of the conditions around no. Melbourne. It hasn't been great for um, aesthetics and looks because it's been windy <laughs> and cold. And on Monday, Sarah Ollie and myself were down at Geelong. And they were training at North Shore Oval, which Ooh. is... Uh, a bit of a sketchy part of the uh, Ballerine Peninsula. And it wasn't a great day for day one. So it was quite strange to see Jeremy Cameron, Patrick Dangerfield and a bunch of premiership players turn up there for day one. But that's the nature of pre-season. Absolutely. Yeah, Sam petreski seaton has got, it's almost an orangey curl going at the moment. Really interesting look. Uh, Josh, thanks for your time. We'll be checking in uh, over the next couple of weeks as uh, you, you look around the clubs and see what's going on. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Jules. Good to chat.